episode 1092, Mrs. Davis, the first two episodes. Yeah, and if you're wondering what about the other ones, don't know if we'll be going on. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Ben Anderson. And I'm Ben DiVono. We're back. We're back, and Mrs. Davis has hit the airwaves via Peacock, and it is... I was first interested in it because it was uh, executive produced by Damon Lindelof, of course, from Lost. Yeah. But as I've been watching it, I'm wondering if in the same... I already texted this to you, Ben, but Lost was said to have been co-created by J.J. Abrams, which it was partially true. He helped with the pilot, and then he bailed. And I wonder if Mrs. Davis is similar. Like, I don't... For some reason, I don't feel like this is something that Damon Lindelof is weekly overseen yeah or regularly over i mean we've seen leftovers it it doesn't feel like leftovers or watchmen at all you like yeah so i've watched there's five episodes available and i've watched all of them i've watched two and after the second one i was like oh dang i need ben's opinion is this and i think i i saw i I know why because of the ending of the second we'll do spoilers soon yeah um before we talk about this show yeah. Which I did not like, right? At all. I I kind of thought you wouldn't, but I wasn't. I actually, <laughs> I, I, thought actually that, I thought maybe you might actually like the sacrilegious part. No, uh, no, I understand what they're doing, um, and why that why it, it it makes sense in a weird sort of way what what they're trying to do, uh, but I actually felt annoyed with you while I was watching it because you you really wanted me to watch this, and I I, I was wasting opinion. my time. Right, I hear um, you. But not like super annoyed. I just remembered it's your birthday this Thank next you. week, and that made me feel better. Uh, this but, is like my birthday episode. <laughs> Here's similar, your gift. Similar to what we did in the Mario one, I have a recommendation not related to Mrs. Davis that I wanted to make. Oh, so we start with that? Yeah. And then we'll come back. So by we'll the time come back we, to Mrs. So Davis. So we'll just give some initial feelings of Mrs. Davis, which I'll say I am so, so on it, leaning towards liking it because it's so weird. But I am still wondering. I want to hear from you during the episode. And, and I was deeply annoyed at it. I want to hear from you if you think... That's why I hear you saying you're annoyed, but is it is it too I, far past yeah. what we would believe faith-wise? So we'll get back to that. We'll okay. get back to that. So when we come back, it'll be spoilers on Mrs. Davis. Ben, so, so in the Mario episode, I recommended Beef. This, <laughs> yes. this is, uh, which I still think you should watch. I, I, I hope will. you do soon. Um, I, I just love that show. Uh, another show that is actually going to get its third season here in May and it's a sketch comedy show. Have you heard of or seen I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson? I don't think I've even heard it's, of it. It's no. also on Netflix. The episodes are like 15 minutes long. Okay. So there's six episodes a season. I just finished rewatching it. I Think You Should Leave. So funny. Okay. I, I absolutely love this show. Okay. So I Think You Should Leave. So, the, you know, it's it's sketch comedy. The, the basic premise of a lot of the sketches is a character usually played by Tim Robinson commits a minor social faux pas, gets called out on it, and instead of admitting he's wrong, doubles down, triples down, quadruples down until there's lots of shouting. And it, it's just fantastic. Okay. It, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be for everybody, but I, I love I Think You Should Leave. All right. So I highly recommend it. Let's enter spoilers. For Mrs. Davis. Yeah, Can so I-, I hated this show. Right. I got that. Uh, like, I I guess, no, that's probably wrong. It's more, like, there's things I hate. And hate, like, it, it inspires a passion. I was just a, this show just bugged me from the beginning to the end. 
uh, of the second episode because I'm not going right. to watch anymore. I, I figured I could at least ask for two episodes, and that gets to the big thing I want to talk about. Right. Although I have watched past that. Yeah. And so feel free to ask me any questions if you're interested in where it's going. Right. Like, <laughs> obviously, I'm invested in the concept of evil AI, and, and so that... Like there's an interesting kernel here, but it's it's so cutesy and everything. I think the two things where the show lost me right off the bat was in these series of prologues that opened the first mm-hmm. episode. Oh yeah, you hated that because it was like 15 minutes of yeah, prologue, and it was right? just one after another after another, and and I don't even know what they mean. Like mm-hmm. so, there was a guy on a desert island, like he's mm-hmm. stranded on an island, and that just annoyed me because it's it's like oh, it's a Damon Lindelhoff show. It's like Lost. Oh, isn't that clever? Mm-hmm. Like, shut up. Uh, and then the second thing that really annoyed me is like they had this whole scene with the Knights Templar, but the you know then we had to have the nuns were secretly the Knights Templar. It's just come, what a tired cliche. I have that, to tell you some things. Oh, about, that I mean, annoyed so, me so much. Do you mind if after we're done talking about your general feelings, I spoil on some of these things because I already no. know some. Huh? Okay. No, I don't mind so at we'll, all. So we'll spoil. I've said the first two episodes. That's what Ben's seen. I've seen, as I said, the first five. So I'll spoil as I. As much yeah, as I and I just I don't need sassy nuns in my life. Right. Like I don't need, you know, it it just feels so cliched that we're gonna have you know the nun, this is a nun, but but she's not like the nuns you would expect. She can kick butt and do all. She doesn't take crap from anybody. It's just it's such a I don't need I don't need a sassy nun character. All right. It, like I of all the characters I don't need. That's just, it's not that it makes me, it's not that I hate it. It's just, I'm bugged by its existence. I don't yeah. need it. Okay. You know? And so, didn't like this show at all. Yeah. Didn't like it at all. They released the first weekend, four episodes at once, and then once a week they're doing only one additional. And I think I know why they did the first four, because of some of the things you didn't like. If someone was to stick with it, they resolve some of the weirdness. But before I get to, yeah. like, I can tell you about the island, and I can tell you about the the flashback, or if but well, if you want to, because I I I do kind of want to tell you. I want to get your response. But, I, I want to get your okay. Response. Well, that's but fair. Let enough. me give my initial impression. So I it opens with this uh, scene apparently set in the distant past, fifteen hundreds maybe. Yeah. I, I can't remember. And yeah, like you said, Knights Templar, bloody, super gross. And I was like, oh no, was it? Yeah, that like didn't even chopping heads me. off. Oh. You remember that? Well, I remember the yeah. the scene, but I don't. It so, didn't register as violent. So I was me. like, "Oh man, Peacock, why?" So that disappointed me. Yeah, I was surprised to hear the F word on it because I thought Peacock was just NBC, but I guess this is it's Peacock specific. Yeah, it's an original. Oh. Uh, but then, yeah, during the first episode, I was like, similar to what you're saying, interesting tidbits. I don't know if I'm all in, and I was. I well, just to be clear, I didn't say there was interesting tidbits, so that part was not aligned. Don't don't try and hitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't try like, and hitch. There's interesting something here to my opinion. Something here with the AI, but it doesn't quite make it. So I didn't necessarily really like the first episode that much. You get into the second one, and things start getting really weird. And I, oh, I should say, as I'm watching the first and second episode, I'm like, this is, I believe they're trying to be surreal because there's sort of a quirkiness to everything, but yeah, they but don't go this, far enough yes, over the line Yes, to be clear. So are you watching a comedy? Is is everybody, the it, world was weird. confusion. Yes, yes. That, and I still kind of feel that way even five episodes in. And you're right about the, like, I can do surreal, but this needed to go full on yes. David Lynch surreal 
Because right where it yeah. is now, it just it feels more cutesy. Yeah. And I'm annoyed by you it. You know, it's like almost to the surrealness of pushing daisies, but not there enough. Yeah. It's like it I do think it's trying to be surreal, but it's not there enough. Right. And and that also kind of still makes sense. Because no. it, there are some weird things. Okay, now I, I got to just tell you. Well, I want to talk about... <laughs> there's some weird things I want to talk about. So we'll come back to these prologues. Let's first just talk about, is this wrong to watch this show, Ben? Because they make Jesus a, a, a pretty main character, unexpectedly. Right. And I don't know if you've gotten to it, but... So the idea is nuns marry Christ. Yes. And so the main nun whose name is Simone uh we see she uh, I, I don't know if we want to I don't know not I know we are spoiling I don't know if we want to go beat by beat to the episode so let's just I'm assuming well, we, you've we seen do it we do not I'm assuming you've seen it so here, here let's just talk it out she first is talking to this guy Jay in quotes we eventually find out it's Jesus she refers to him as her husband we eventually find out this place where she's going and I don't know if you've got if you picked this up I think you did that restaurant is her prayer like when she's praying to him, did you yeah, get this? I didn't, but I figured it was uh, It's like, probably more of a mental imagination. Yes, that's what it is. So when she goes to the restaurant, she's not actually going to a restaurant. It's We've seen now other scenes where she'll pop in and out of talking to Jesus, and she goes back to wherever she was actually. Right. So, yeah, it's a mental space. Um, but, and I also don't know if you've seen this, they have a physical sexual relationship. See, what do you think about that? Well, so the whole idea of nuns being married to Christ mm-hmm. is that's actually theologically accurate. Here's the part that annoys me, and it I, I'd say it's still in the uh, like obviously it's sacrilegious, whatever. I well, I shouldn't say whatever, but I've watched a lot of <laughs> I, I've watched worse, right? And probably like if I was enjoying the show, it wouldn't stop me. But there is this whole thing where. And it's it's obnoxious and it's sad and it's tragic that our culture can't conceive of any type of love that isn't sexual. It's like you, you, I don't know if you've read the C.S. Lewis book, The Four Loves. I have. Yeah. So, and if you probably don't need to know if you haven't read it out there a whole lot more than that, there are four types of love and arrows, which is where erotic comes from, is only one of them. It's like the whole Sam and Frodo thing. It's like, oh, they're gay. Because men can't have friends. Well, then why are so many men toxic? Well, I wonder, because you've told men over and over and over and over and over again that any example of close male friendship, whether it's Sam and Frodo, whether it's David and Jonathan in the Bible, like we jump on all of those and we instantly sexualize them. And then we wonder why men struggle with close friendship and, and then have absorb uh, huge suicide rates and, and live lonely, depressed lives. And, and I'm not saying it's only that, but that is part of it. Like, why do we have to sexualize every form of love out there? So it's it's more of a it, it's more just this sick disease that's in our culture than anything else. And this is just a symptom of it. So I would say uh, kudos to them for recognizing a portion of Catholic theology, uh, and then the rest of my judgment, which would be like 99% of it. So that's the 1% is that you actually seized on something there that is theologically true, and then you're so dumb, you're so—and it is stupid. You should say anti-kudos. Anti-kudos. Like, you're so dumb, you're so you're so uh, short-sighted, like, it's not edgy, it's not— uh, 
it's it's not trying to push the envelope. It shows your own small, pathetic little world that you can't conceive of any world where the idea of a nun being married to Christ isn't sexual. You small-minded, pathetic idiots. Wow. Strong. That's my opinion of it. Right. So I, so far, I'm still liking the show, <laughs> but not as much as I wanted to. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's... I, let me you're, ask you're you are really right about question. the tonal thing. Yeah, I know what you're going to ask. Go ahead. <laughs> if David Lindelhoff was not associated with this show, would you have quit it already? I don't know if I would. I'll start. I'll say I don't know if I would have started it. I maybe would have. Would I have quit it already? I honestly don't think I would have, but I'll, I'll say the fact that I was trying to convince myself he's not actually involved in the project makes me wonder. Yeah, I'm, I am <laughs> yeah. curious why you think that. I know. What if I'm just trying to tell myself Damon wouldn't do this to me? Because there's a good Damon and a bad Damon, yeah. and I don't think this is as bad as the worst. But this is—I think I just doesn't. Like, he has a tone. I'm not talking about how we were talking about the surreal tone, and this has tonal inconsistency. I'm saying I feel like Damon Lindelof has a tone, and this didn't feel like his tone, whether you like it or not. Uh, well, but he has his good tone, and then he has his, you know, what was that George Clooney movie that I didn't see from the trailer? I don't see it. The, I don't the, know. Tomorrow World or oh, something. Oh, Tomorrowland. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, I, I didn't see that movie, mm. but this feels like what I imagined mm. that movie would be like. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that movie, and I don't remember it very well. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think I'll be honest and say I'm probably sticking with this, but I do not love it yet. Although I still think there's something cool happening. All right, let me just tell you a few things that are interesting that you may be interested in. Well, pro- probably not. But the Knights Templar scene, not a flashback. Total spoilers here, people. In the fourth episode, we find out... I mean, you're, I think you're going to think this is even worse. <laughs> we yeah. find out it's a commercial. And, <laughs> and the commercial is a clue to a different part of the overall mystery that's happening. Uh, involving the Holy Grail, of course. So, yes, it's a commercial that features the Holy Grail. Oh. Siri, once again, involved here. Could you, could you hear my watch? Now? I, I did. Uh, uh, so yeah, so much about that annoys me, and I also got annoyed when they called the Holy Grail the biggest MacGuffin of all time. It's like, don't throw out words you don't understand about concepts that you don't understand. Like. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of the Holy Grail to to just reduce that to a MacGuffin and, and that's its purpose in culture shows that and I'm not even talking theologically. I'm talking about like, you know, we, we dissected over on the Patreon feed Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now and we got into some of the Grail mythology and the Fisher King myth and all of that over there. It's like, no, no, the Holy Grail forget anything theological about it. Just think of its placement in cultural myth it is much more going on there so so it's like we're just throwing out things words we don't understand because they sound nice on screen it, it's it's just ugh, i just want to make sure we're on, this show i want to make sure we're on the same page catholics do they believe that the holy grail is a real artifact that we or not well i mean I, I guess i'm not sure what you mean by that everybody i i would think who believes like all Christians would believe in the sense that there was a Last Supper, right? Oh, I guess I forgot what the Holy Grail is. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, in the show, it's just a bowl. Didn't it capture his? So the holy, the concept of the Holy Grail is that. So yeah, maybe I need to get refreshed. Yeah, let, on this. let's just back up here a little bit. So the Holy Grail refers to the 
chalice that Christ drank from at the Last Supper when he institutes the Eucharist. So in this show, it's depicted as a bowl. Would it be more of a cup or would it be a bowl? I don't know. I mean, it's whatever it would have been back then. We were talking about literally the histor- historically as a Christian, if you believe the but Last he, Supper he had historically a meal. happened. Yeah, he had right, a meal, so right. he had to, had, a, had to have had a cup and or so, something. But also, and this isn't, I'm trying to distinguish between Catholic theology and just what Christ, yeah. all Christians would believe, right, right. is that part of what happens at the Last Supper is the institution of the Eucharist, mm. right? Like, that's what Paul talks about in Corinthians, you know? So, Whatever you think about what's going on in communion, whether you're on it's a symbol or transubstantiation and anywhere in between, Christ institutes the Last Supper at the Eucharist. So we all the Holy Grail would refer to when you ask, is it a real artifact? It's like, well, yeah, yeah there was okay. an actual cup. Now, the, I, I think, think what you're actually getting at is the, do Catholics believe there that it has supernatural powers? It has supernatural yeah, powers. That's kind of what that is what I was getting at, although I'll admit. For a second, I forgot what the Holy Grail was, but I was more getting at, is all this mythology something that Catholics believe? Go ahead. No. Well, again, I'd say yes and no. I don't think that, um, I guess it would be similar to, if we're to go the Indiana Jones route with this, like the Ark of the Covenant, you know, if the Ark of the Covenant was found today, it would be a very important and holy artifact. And I think you would regard it as holy and I would regard it as holy. And that doesn't mean that ghosts are going to shoot out the top mm-hmm. if we take the lid off. Uh, I think the same thing with the Holy Grail. It's like, obviously, there's a mythology that has sprung up around it that I think is not necessarily theological, but Catholics do have a robust, if not theology at least practice of saintly relics and okay. all of that so it would be like if we had the grail and you know this is the grail yeah that would obviously be one of the most important relics in christendom and i, I would hope that not just to catholics but to everybody you No, know, this actually helped me because again spoilers here for episode five <clears throat> in episode five we find out if somebody drinks from the holy grail we actually see a scene of this if somebody drinks from the holy grail in mrs davis they die so maybe it's because Jesus drank from it. <laughs> I guess yeah. I don't know why why it would cause people to die. Right. I, I don't know. We probably either. don't have to try to figure it out. Yeah, but I mean, you t- think of the Fisher King mythos and all of that, that drinking from the grail heals the king. Hmm. Well, uh, that obviously has more to do with the Eucharistic implications and, and everything else that's going on there, uh, as well as, you know, pre-Christian myth that's being imported there as well. Um but if you like, we've talked before about how Catholics don't necessarily have a belief for everything. There's acceptable beliefs. So if you were a Catholic and you said, "I think if you drank from the Grail, it would, it could heal you," you know, you could agree with that or disagree with that and still be a good Catholic. All right. Well, Ben, I'm gonna hit the music. I feel like I maybe was joining in and ganging up on this uh, show a little bit more because you didn't like it. I'll say I'm overall positive towards it, although I do have, I think it has some worrisome elements. Yeah. And you hated it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I I, really disliked it. All right. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, like, what about, and I'm not saying you, you shouldn't watch it, but we've talked about prioritization right. of time. Yes. Are you, you so positive on this show? Well, I mean, it's all, here, here's what... I know it's been five episodes, but it was four over the course of that first week, yeah. and then a fifth one. So I followed up 
mean, I guess I haven't super prioritized it yet, but I, I hear what you're saying. Will yeah. I going forward? We'll see. This show is a chore. Yeah. I, I do have things sometimes where it feels like homework, so I don't want it to become that. And if it did, I'd have to yeah, call it. Yeah. Axe it. All right. Listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. You could watch every episode of I Think You Should Leave in, in like the span of three of these episodes. Okay, perfect. And we're the Sci-Fi Christians signing off. Right, goodbye.